welcome to A Passion to Serve. My name is Don Kadicki and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm a big fan of storytelling and during the podcast we'll be sharing real human stories about migrant and seasonal farm workers and the work that's being done on their behalf. For example, do you know about the contributions of migrant and seasonal farm workers to the United States economy and the challenges these farm workers face on a daily basis? What about services for farm worker youth in order to lead them on the path towards self-discovery and self-sufficiency? And what about lessons learned by leaders who have dedicated their lives to serving others through a variety of programs? These stories and so much more will be part of A Passion to Serve. I hope you decide to join us on this path of discovery. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of A Passion to Serve. Today, I have the good fortune of speaking with Jim Seabree, who has been an AmeriCorps volunteer with Telemont Corporation for these past two years. Sadly, his time with us is ending here in the very near future, and I felt it was really important to talk with him and have him provide some of his insight as to some of the different services and programs that he's been working on. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thank you, Don. So I feel like I do have to come clean just a little bit with our audience and let them know that we went through or you went through great, great effort to finally get us linked up for this podcast. So once again, it's much appreciated that your sick intuitiveness made this happen. Thank you, Don. So we're going to talk about some of your experiences with Telemont Corporation, but I'm really, I think it's important for you to, to give a little background information of what you did prior to Telemont Corporation, that you lived a life of service. And if you don't mind, I'd like you to, to talk about that a little bit. Okay, Don, that'll be great. Um, I'm a former uh, infantry officer, uh, served in the, the military for about 26 years. Uh, I have been retired from military life now for about 20 years. And in that uh, civilian uh jobs that I've had is I've worked for uh, major food manufacturing uh, companies uh, as a supervisor slash manager. Uh, I've been with uh, Kellogg's. I've worked for Campbell's. Uh, I ended up working for uh, Coca-Cola, which allowed me to gain enough experience that I was sought out and was employed by two uh, major pharmaceutical companies in the area, uh, Perigol, and uh, I also worked for Zoetis, which is an animal uh, pharmaceutical company. So Jim, when you reflect back on your career, both in the military and in the private sector, are there any key takeaways, things that really stand out to you as to really what was beneficial, what was meaningful to you, and, and what you took away from those experiences? There was two things, uh, Don. It was the uh, relationships that I garnered from working with various uh, people uh, in various states uh, in the Midwest and the East Coast. Uh, that was, to me, the most uh, beneficial interaction with people. The other thing is the opportunity to be exposed to various types of leadership. And what I tried to do was take the best that I had learned from some of the leaders that I respected. And even for some of the ones that I thought um, had bad leadership styles, I at least gained something from them in the sense that I tried not to 
duplicate that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, learn what you want to do and also what you may want to try to avoid. So the way we got in con- got connected with you through Telemon Corporation was through our housing counseling line of business that we wanted to see how could we expand program services and through the Community Economic Development Association of Michigan or CEDAM, we realized that they had an AmeriCorps program and that's how we brought you on board for these past two years. How did you become aware of uh, CEDAM's AmeriCorps program? Well, it's really kind of funny that uh, my wife is a former executive director for United Way in Van Buren County Mm -hmm. and she knew I had Uh, still had a little bit left in my tank that I wanted to serve my community and the people within my community. Uh, She had had interactions with Maria Savalas, who is one of your housing counselors. And -hmm. she was so impressed by Maria and the organization that Maria represents, which is Telemann. And she had enough knowledge to know what great uh, services that Telemann offers to uh, Van Buren County. And she recommended that I, I seek uh, Maria out and see if I can apply for a volunteer position uh, with Telemann and Maria. As you started to learn more about the AmeriCorps program and Telemann Corporation, what were some of your goals or what were you hoping to accomplish through your involvement with AmeriCorps? Well, one of the things that I really wanted to do that I knew that an te- organization like Telemann would provide me because of the clients that they serve is I wanted to uh, enrich or improve uh, my diversity of thought, uh, cultural exposure, uh, being able to see uh, how a community uh, interacts within Van Buren County when, when it's mainly uh, uh, agricultural work and uh, language difficulties and et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and that's one of the things I thought was going to intrigue me about working with Telemann or serving with Telemann. You know, the one of the things that stood out to me, and, and you were, as you mentioned, you were based out of Van Buren County in Paw Paw, Michigan, and I'm in Lansing, Michigan. And even though I didn't see you and I don't necessarily see Maria directly very frequently, it became really apparent very quickly how well both of you meshed and work together and just the mutual respect that you have for each other. Absolutely. Um, you know, I always say this about everybody in the Telemann organization that I have been introduced to. You guys are extremely well-kept secret. And and, and using that same thought, uh, Maria Savalas is a hidden gem that you recognize as her direct supervisor. Uh, it's just She's got a wealth of talent and she does a lot of things for, for people, which is a credit both to you and your leadership and, and Telemark. Well, and the nice thing is that, you know, we're doing everything we can to not be that well-kept secret anymore, too. And through a lot of your activities and efforts, we were identified and recognized this year as the Community Economic Development Leader of the Year through CEDAM. Can you talk about some of the activities that you worked on? Yes. Uh, As a Telemann volunteer, uh, AmeriCorps volunteer, uh, I worked on event planning. And one of the event plannings was Show Me the Money, which is a resource or an event where you bring resources in, financial resources and other uh, tools within the community to be able to provide for low to moderate income folks 
the exposure to financial institutions and how they can better understand those institutions to be able to use the value that they bring and maybe to empower and enrich their lives. The other things I worked on was teaching financial education uh, to low to moderate income folks, teaching them about savings and budgeting and credit and, and, and try to take the mystery away and try to uh, allow people to understand it's not as difficult as they may, may seem. Uh, one of the things that I know about when you start talking about budgets, people figure, oh, I got to give up something. But if you flip that and say, hey, this is a great opportunity for you to direct where your money goes or manages your money, it's not so uh, heavy lifting, as I would say. Well, and Jim, really what you're helping them do is you're helping them cultivate a mindset in some instances, which is let's let's just kind of put away the short term, you know, instant gratification for some of those longer term goals. And and I think the support that you and Maria and the entire housing counseling line of business really helps people get that confidence that it's something that they can actually do. And the nice thing too is, you know, through the activities, through the housing counseling line of business, we have a lot of success stories of people who really weren't necessarily in the best financial condition to where now they're really just thriving and and they have so many new opportunities available to them. I agree. You know, one of the things we found when we took a survey of the Show Me the Money event at the end is that uh, a lot of the respondents uh, pointed directly to the fact that after attending the uh, resource event, the Show Me the Money, that they had more hope. And, and, and I think that that's astounding. You know, um, they know that, that there are difficulties out there in life, but with given the right tools and the right keys, they can get through them. You know, it's interesting. I had a conference call this morning with someone and that really that word hope was a lot of what we talked about with everything that we see and hear and read about lately. We can really get off track and we can lose sight of hope and that I think it's so helpful and necessary for us to really do those basic fundamental day in and day out things that really help us get to where we would want to be. Now, I do want to talk just a little bit more about Show Me the Money Day. And what I would like to do, and I was looking at this before we had this conversation today, that um, we initially put on Show Me the Money Day in 2019. And I want you to talk a little bit about that experience, what you learned from it, and how you use that really as a springboard in 2020. Okay. One of the things that we did in uh, 2019 is we looked at the census report, the last census, which would be 2010, and we tried to target the area uh, where most of the need was was at in the low to mid uh, economical uh, levels. And what we found is that uh, in a rural community, and here's the challenge, uh, in a rural community, transportation is an issue. And where we needed, the, where the most need was uh, it was more difficult to be able to get the the clients to that location. So we decided to do it in the county seat, which was Pawpaw. And um, what we found that the ones with the most need, that we kind of semi-missed the mark on as far as marketing to them and trying to figure out ways that we could overcome their, their uh, 
difficulties in being able to get to an event like Show Me the Money. Mm-hmm. So we we ran into difficulties that attendance was a little sparse that first year, and we attributed that is that we we needed to uh, make our marketing plan more robust. And we also needed to make sure that we started a little bit earlier trying to reach the, the people that needed our services the most or needed that that show me the money the most, trying to reach out to them as, as, as quick as we possibly can. And the other thing that we realized is that we needed to have ambassadors helping uh, that particular uh, group of clients to be able to get to the event or attend the event. Uh, Taking in the fact that we realized that we needed to start a little bit earlier, taking in the fact that we needed to, the group that we we're trying to target, that we needed to be able to help them overcome some of their maybe transportation difficulties, we mm-hmm. were much more successful in 2020. Well, I was at both Show Me the Money Day events, and it was interesting to me in 2019, you could just see the wheels spinning with everyone who participated in it in that, okay, this is what we did well. These are the resources that we brought here. There was a lot of good that we learned from, from 2019. And then it just exploded in 2020, where I remember the event was held on a Saturday and I drove in for the event. And when I was driving back home, I was just, I was on a high, just, it was so inspirational. The participation, the feedback that we received, just everyone coming together like that in a community, it was really very inspirational for me. And what I found and what I continue to find, which is really fantastic, is those relationships that we have established through Show Me the Money are ongoing and they're creating new opportunities for us. And I agree with you 100%. Uh, One of the things, again, from 2019 that uh, translated into 2020 uh, we initially came to group together as a group of people with individual agendas and thoughts, and we formed a team. Uh, the committee actually bond together, and a lot of times when they spoke to people or talked about show me the money, it wasn't this organization or that organization. It was we are sponsoring show me the money. I, I heard a lot of we's, and that energy translated into 2020. Everybody left 2019 saying we're going to make 2020 better and they did so how has your role in the work changed in light of the pandemic how have you been functioning and and working and providing services i'm doing a lot of virtual uh, classes and one of the things that i found is in a virtual setting uh with the technology uh a lot of my class is based on my uh, ability to interact with a group or with individuals, and I feed off their energy, and I hopefully they feed off mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned now that I, I do a lot more listening, and I look for the opportunities to make sure that I'm driving home the objectives of the class that we're, we're trying to teach. So I guess I would say that... Uh, the virtual classes have been outstanding. They have increased my, my listening skills. I think that's an excellent point that you make, too. And um, I'm hoping that by doing these interviews for the podcast that my listening skills are improving. But in light of the whole pandemic, Jim, it's been interesting how, you know, one way or the other, we've had to develop new skill sets in order to continue to meet the needs. And the needs are tremendous right now, and it's only going to 
I think there's going to be such a need for the kinds of services that you provide, that Telemans Housing County Line of Business provides and other community agency partners just to help people who are really are really struggling and they, they aren't their next steps and where they're going to be going in life probably isn't very clear right now. You know, one of the things, and, and I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to talk about this virtual training and the, the clients that we serve in Telemont is that all it, it's such a, um, a rush for me, an emotional rush when you're talking to somebody and you're talking about financial management and, and spending plans or whatever. And you can just hear in their voice that they get it. And to me, that makes it all worthwhile. When you just, you know, when they get it, it makes it worthwhile. You know, that's a nice segue. I was going to ask you, are there any specific success stories or events or workshops that really stood out to you during your time working as an AmeriCorps volunteer? Yeah, I have one particular lady that uh, has been quite a success as far as I'm concerned. Uh, she got placed into a situational uh, poverty uh, an event, and she had to uh, seek assistance at uh, uh, from public assistance. And you could tell when she was, and part of going to some of our classes are kind of mandatory to be able to do financial management or get a better grasp of financial management. And she was a little bit of shame of the fact that she had to attend uh, this particular class. But once we were able to break down that barrier and realize that whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, uh, it's best that we um, know that they may be, in this particular case, they're temporary. And as long as you have faith in the process that we're trying to teach you, your your circumstances will improve. And hers did. And she got it. And she wrote a couple of notes later and she said, you know, thank you so much. For one thing, thank you for the fact that that whatever stigma I thought I had on myself, you alleviated that the first five minutes of the class by saying, hey, we've all had ups and downs in our life. Let's just keep pressing forward. And and, and that's one of the things I gain joy from. And every time I get a little bit uh, disgruntled, I think about, you know what? That lady, she improved their circumstances. And that's the whole purpose for me being here teaching these classes. That's the whole purpose why I volunteer to serve with Telemon, you know what? She made it worthwhile. You know, and everyone benefits. I've said in some workshops that you've put on, that Maria has put on, um, Maria Zavala, our housing program coordinator. And I always, every single time I take away at least two or three different things that, you know what? I can think about this differently. I can maybe take a different approach to this financial situation that I'm currently experiencing right now. Jim, what would you say to someone who is considering participating in an AmeriCorps program? You know, one is, if you're not real sure of exactly what you want to do in life or where you want to go, if you, if you want to give back to your community, uh, AmeriCorps is an excellent, excellent tool to use. Uh, there are so many skills, interpersonal skills, professional skills. There are uh, pro- pro- uh, professional development uh, opportunities that Telemon and, and, and other organizations within the AmeriCorps umbrella, CETAM umbrella, will provide you. It, it's just a place to grow. And then after your tenure is over, 
the Alumni Association of AmeriCorps people, you'd be surprised how many people are former volunteers for AmeriCorps that can help you professionally. And, and what, if I can give any advice, both from the military and the civilian, networking and relationships and what they benefit to you in the long term, uh, is you need, to, you need to have those because nobody can go it alone. Everybody needs help. Very well stated, and that's that's so true that we can't get anything done, or at least not nearly as much if it's just us doing it by ourselves, that we really need to have that ability to communicate and to work with others. Jim, your time with us at Telemont Corporation is winding down, but and I've probably said this to you before, you can run, but you can't hide, that you will continue to be part of the Telemont family, that we will maintain communication with each other and you are so professional in everything that you've done. But beyond that, you're just a really good guy. And I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity to get to know you a little bit. And thank you so much for talking with me today on A Passion to Serve. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Thank you for listening to A Passion to Serve. As always, I really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about the show. A Passion to Serve listeners are able to leave a voicemail message and offer your input about the episode or episodes you've been listening to. I'd listen to all voicemails and might include yours in an upcoming episode. Until next time.